I feel bad for him because he's an orphan. But every time he types in 127.0.0.1, it it resolves to null. Welcome to Stand Up Stand Up, presented by IT Misfits. This is where tech professionals and comedy intersect daily in your new favorite stand-up meeting. Each episode has two parts, a roundtable discussion on an IT topic, and then an open source open mic, where each comic shares or works on a stand-up comedy bit. At the end of the week, we perform our final crafted bit. Just like any good stand-up meeting, we try to make these short and valuable. Hopefully, this brings a smile to your day, gives you something to think about, and most importantly, gives you something funny you can share with other IT professionals. With me today is my fellow misfit, Tim Stevens. I'm Jerry Black. Let's get into it. All right, uh, Tim, do you have a quote for the day? You may not be happy where you're at, but you're not where you used to be. So hang in there. I love that quote. That's a great quote. You've actually used that to kind of help me and pick me up on days. So I really appreciate that one, Tim. Yeah, that's a, definitely a pick me up. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this week, we've been talking about kind of the, the softer side of IT. And today, Tim and I are going to have a kind of a back and forth conversation about uh, a couple of different aspects of that um, presence, uh, body language, things like that. But before we get into that, let's do some open source comedy. All right, I have been working on this bit, uh, what it's like when you go out to dinner and get your bill. So at this point, I've been back and forth on the waiter, et cetera. So, so um, I just told him, oh, I, I'm going to pay with cash. And he admonished me for having cash. The restaurant doesn't take cash. Uh, and so I gave him my credit card. And he's like, uh, okay, sir. Yeah, sure. Here's my credit card. Yeah, Mr. Black, I'm going to need to see some ID with that. Okay, yeah, just a second. I hand him my, my ID. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, okay, sir. All right. And then he takes my ID and card and he hands me the computer and says, there you go, sir. Go ahead and fill that out. And he stands there with his arms crossed as I have to sign and in and figure out the tip which it conveniently calculates out for you starting at 20%. Or you can do custom and do less if you'd like, which at this point, I would really like to do custom $1. But I'm not going to do that. So I'm like, oh, um, well, just push a button and sign. And I hand it back to him. He's like, oh, thank you, Mr. Black. I really appreciate that. Uh, now, I see you asked for a copy of this transaction. Um uh, I'm going to need to go uh, back there and grab that for you. So I'll be back in a bit with your card, your ID, and your copy in just a minute. And then he leaves, and he comes back like five minutes later just to get the printout, five minutes. And he comes back to the table, and he hands it to me, and he hands me my card, and he hands me my ID, and hands me the receipt. And he says, you'll notice there at the bottom, sir, I've left my name and the number of the restaurant if you feel it necessary to, to reach out for any reason. And then he just leaves that there and turns around and walks off. All right, Tim, what do you got? I hate sports. But the one thing that I hate more than sports is kids' sports. 
Now, I'm not a big fan, but I am a big fan of my kids, and they are in sports. And I realize the importance and structure and, and team camaraderie and all that pool shit that comes with it. So I support. Don't you hate it when the opposing team intentionally tries to hurt your kid because he's so good and they can't guard him? I don't get mad. I react in kindness. And I'll wait until the end of the game, find the ref, and I'll share with them things, share some things with him that he didn't know about his mother before that game. Now, there's a lot of challenges when you go to a kid's sporting event. One of them is finding a good seat. But I can tell you after my entanglement with the ref, uh, I don't have a problem finding a seat because I have to watch the game from the parking lot. Thank you. I like it, sure, but I, I love that bit. Yeah. Uh, I got another one for you. Um, did, I have a, a network engineer, uh, and he's 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 not any good at his job. He just, you know, I, I feel bad for him because he's an orphan, but every time he types in 127.0.0.1, it, it resolves to null. Mm. All right, well. I think that's great work for the day uh, when it comes to comedy. Now, uh, let's get into the bit. Or, now, let's get into the topic for the day. And Tim, why don't you take it off? To follow the theme of this week and to, to tag on to things like love language and public speaking, what I'm dialed into this morning is body language and your presence. Body language is known to to take up about 80% of your communication when you're in a, you know, in a situation. Now, most of us today, we work virtual, whether it's hybrid or full-time virtual body language, I still think comes into play, but not as much because all you can really see if the camera's on is from head down to the, to chat. Yeah. What are your thoughts on yeah, that? So Do you agree with that? I, I, I always wonder about the, you know, how they get the 80%, right? Like, I, I don't understand that part of it, how, but I think the, the thing that I always take away is you can, you can actually hear that in someone's voice, even if you don't see them at all. And so then when, because like somebody, you can just, if you sit up straight in a chair and answer the phone or talk to somebody on the phone versus slumped over, you, you can sense it, right? We as humans can sense those differences. And then I would even, I would put it in the, what, even though it may not show on camera, the, you, your body and your face somehow reflect it. So if it's even like you and I talking here, like you said, you can't see below, but if I'm like, you probably can't see my arms. I don't know. I'm not looking at me, but like my arms are crossed and there's a, maybe a little bit of my face, a little bit of the way my shoulders look a little bit of something that you're going to clue into. That's going to be Oh yeah, and I, you know, Jerry doesn't look as engaged as before. Leaning forward clearly comes out on conference calls. And I, I heard a thing one time that was, uh, the guy said, in a meeting, the person who is paying the most attention wins. And I really still believe in that. I, I don't, when I'm in conference calls, I don't multitask. I really try to focus on the, on the topic at hand. 
because as soon as you multitask, especially if you're on video, people know it. But even with the responses that you give, people know that you're rewinding the conversation far enough back for you to be able to answer. So exactly. that's my take on it. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's a great point. And I've done this. I'm guilty of it. And I'm not the only one. You catch someone not paying attention, whether you you catch them intentionally because they've made a habit and a trend out of it, or you just want to catch them off guard just to kind of play with them. It never fails if that person who was caught off guard comes back with a question. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, we probably need to talk more about that. <laughs> and do you guys have an update, by the way, about this? You know, and it, it's yeah, it's so, so obvious. <laughs> almost like, hey, uh, we could do, let's do one minute on things you can say if you weren't paying attention. And I think that's a good one, right? Uh, pose a question. I think that's interesting, but can you be a little bit more specific? Um, right. Can you word that a different way? I didn't really catch it. And and always the, um, I'm sorry, my audio cut out. Uh, can you repeat that? Yep. What else? What else, Tim? What do you got that's a good deflection? Well, in, in those calls, I mean, <laughs> this is a little extreme, but someone will you know, report, oh, I'm having some audio issues. You were coming in broken. Okay. Or sorry, I was just pinged by my boss. That's the other thing. But, you know, the you mentioned facial expressions, the nonverbals, right? The grimace, the smile, all of those things can send very strong and direct messages to whoever you're listening to. And I think that's where the 80% comes in. Because it's everything. And now if you're speaking in front of groups, I have gone through a lot of Toastmaster classes. I've attended Toastmasters. I've been members of Toastmasters board. And they really, as you get through the this workbook they give you, is they start to teach you things about where your hands are placed. And even to the extent of if you talk to your crowd with your palms up versus palms down, this shows that you're more in charge. This one shows you're more at their level or even beneath their level when you start to speak. So, and these, some other things that I also picked up is uh, hiding behind objects, meaning the lectern or the, the mm -hmm. podium. If you hide behind that in your mind, it's safer because it's almost like a, a barrier between you and your audience and it shows fear. And then of course the pacing, right? And what's, what you guys will learn over time. And, you know, it's, this is why they always say, Hey, when you're giving speeches, if you're able to record your speech and listen, but just equally listen and watch, everybody has their own little quirks, right? Some people pace, some people have a bad habit of putting their hands in their pocket, uh, which some would argue it shows submission when you're talking to somebody and you have your hands in your pocket it shows insecurity. The pacing should be natural. The fidgeting. Some people have to speak with um, with something in their hand. Uh, I think Dwight D. Eisenhower was known for that. When he'd give speeches, he'd have something in his hand. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely the arms and the hands. You know, you'll find people are very animated with their, you know, with their speeches. And they have to have their hands moving 
And, you know, if they're not, then they can't express themselves or they feel like it. I have uh, struggled as a project manager when you get into some of these meetings when people don't have their cameras on. Because I, I, you know, I rely a lot on, um, on gauging how people are reacting to what's being said to know if what the person is saying actually makes sense or is, you know, is impossible. Um, because, you know, I don't know that necessarily all of the tech in the world to know if what the network engineer just said is actually going to cause problems for the systems engineer or what the developer just said means a massive amount of throughput for the network engineer, that sort of thing. And so when the cameras are on, I can see a guy and I can, or a gal and, and recognize, Oh, and then ask on their behalf. Cause a lot of time it people don't, they don't want to get confrontational in in conference calls. And I don't have a problem with it because I can ask it from the, from the uninformed perspective, but without cameras on, it's difficult for me. And I really, I think I've gotten better hearing people's tones and actually it's helped me be, have a little bit more candor with people just, you know, like you kind of said, asking, Hey, can you, are you okay with that? Does that make sense? Are you comfortable with what was just said? Because I don't know, right? So, hey, ne- uh, network engineer, you know, in this case, it'd be like, hey, Tim, um, you know, the voice guy, did you did you hear what Matt just said? And do you agree with it? Is that right? And 90% of the time, right, uh, you'll say, yeah, yeah. You know, 5% of the time, it'll be, uh, could you maybe repeat that in a, a form of a different question? You know, kind of like the spelling bee kids or something. But then 5% of the time, it is, no. Uh, you know, I actually... I'm not really comfortable with that. Oh, well, why not? Oh, let's have a little bit more detailed conversation about it. And it helps, uh, you know, kind of drive the point from a project management standpoint. But overall, it is it has been, a, I would say, a hindrance. Not working from home, but cameras off is a hindrance as, an, as a project manager. Yeah. On the, the other hand of that, especially as a leader in IT or a leader in any industry, is cameras are on, you're working 100% remote, right? Here's the scenario. And we'll use the the engineer Tim, Timmy, since you brought up his name earlier, which by the way, he's probably a, a stellar rock star network engineer. Probably. He's probably having a bad day. But speaking of bad days, if Tim's normal behavior when he joins a call, upbeat, smiling, he's focused, his eyes are glued on the camera, he's engaged. There isn't a lot of hesitation and pauses with his responses because he's engaged. He's not trying to multitask like you mentioned. But then one day he shows up. He's not engaged. Mm. He's not energetic. You're having to ask him the same question a couple of times. For you leaders out there, those are signs. Those are nonverbals. That's body language that you need to be focused on and pay attention to. Those are red flags because what I do in my situation, when I see that, we get through the call because I'm not going to blast him in front of everybody. And I'll ping him afterwards on chat or I'll just call him yeah. if time permits and say, hey, how's everything going? Yeah. And I'll give him the opportunity, right? Obviously, you have personal problems. You don't have to share them with me. I can't force you. But I, I certainly will send you a strong message that I care and I notice it and I notice it because I'm paying attention and I'm paying attention because I care. So I like it. And then I would add that then to the comedy side of the world. And I can't remember the, the guy that you introduced me to uh, his um, kind of his, his introduction to video introductory videos or uh, not Jerry Corley, but the other guy, I think he's English or Irish. Um, oh, yeah. 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 That guy, it, it, he, 
he went into a whole thing about when you're hosting, which I obviously, uh, for our shows, I do a lot of the hosting. And so um, uh, I, I really was interested in what he had to say. And he talked about body language from the host's perspective that if you still have people that are sitting back, arms crossed, kind of waiting, it's your job as the host to, to get them to loosen a bit, to get them to to be engaged with you so that they're open to laughing and open, open to the comedy. So as a host, he's like, you actually have to be a really good comedian and really good at reading the audience because you've got to get them to open and you got to get them to feel comfortable laughing. Um, and if, if you can't do that, you're not going to be a great host. And all the, all the comics, like all the headliners, they all have people that open for them that they feel comfortable with because they, they know that, right? They, they don't want to come on stage cold to an audience that they have to work for the first three to five minutes of, you know, mm, I've had a bad day. My wife dragged me to this. I don't even know this comedian or whatever. Right. So anyways. Right. No, such a great point. Uh, one thing to add to that is sure. outside of being a host, you're a headliner, you're a guest, make sure you're paying attention to your audience. You should be, you may have thought it's a certain demographic which your set should be tailored and geared towards that demographic. Ideally, that does take time and practice. But if you have an older generation, your joke should be aligned with what you think they'll find funny or what they'll connect with. But if you're looking out in your crowd and you're seeing people get up, go to the bathroom, you're seeing phones get pulled out, even though they're not supposed to have their phones out, then that's an indicator right there that you need to adapt. You need to change. Now, one little tidbit information I'll share with you that I got from uh, Jerry Corley, aka Joke Doctor, is when you start to feel like you're losing your crowd, come out with some facts, statistics. People love data. Huh. And that could be a way to get them back engaged, get them energetic, get them paying attention to your set. Interesting. I heard a guy one time talk about when he does pitches uh, because he pitches um, in Silicon Valley and he wrote a book on how to pitch um, uh, something crap. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but it's pitch anything. It's the name of the book. Um, and he's, he does uh, cliffhangers. So he, and he, he puts them in at certain points during the presentation. And so it would be things like, uh, or or uh, attention getters. So one minute into a pitch, by the way, uh, we are, you know, we are in final, um, uh, you know, final contract with Michael Jordan on this project. And then back to da, 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 because all of a sudden people go, what, Michael Jordan? And they all, they're refocused. He said, cause you're really trying to get 15 to 30 minutes of these people's focused time. And you, yeah. you can't do it just giving a speech. In comedy, we do it through making them laugh and continuing to make them laugh so that they're engaged. But I like the idea of, but hey, if you're feeling like they're moving away, they're pulling back, they're, then have some strategies for pulling them back in. So great. All right. Well, uh, great job today, Tim. Thank you very much for the, for the thoughts and the insight. Uh, thank you very much. I guess we'll say thank you very much to my fellow misfit. Tim Stevens. I'm Jerry Black. Have a great day. That's it for today's stand-up meeting. Remember, this isn't just a podcast. It's a weekly process to find the funny. 
you are front row at the birth of any of this comedy. It's open source, so please feel free to share this with people that you work with. If you share something funny with other people, their day will be brighter, and you'll be amazed at how much better your day is because of it. Thank you very much for being here. Have a great day.